Hey guys. So, for this episode, it will be very probably brief. But, um, there'll be no normal introduction just because right now is kind of just, I'm just freestyling right now, I suppose. Um, I think it's going to come out kind of like, uh, Churchill would say, I have nothing to offer you but my blood, toil, tears, and sweat, you know, and and that's kind of how I communicate. It's not always very structured. Rarely is it. But I think the point gets home of what I'm trying to get at. At least I hope it does. Um, and so tonight I kind of uh, have something like that on my mind. Um, <clears throat> so we did finally move in St. Mary's now, so that's great. Uh, we did... Uh, get a lot of stuff taken care of, uh, finally settling in. So that's awesome. And we're very happy to be here. Um, but it has kind of taken a toll on my mind. Just, uh, if you're, if you feel like you live too fast in a sense, you know, like you feel like your mind is always racing kind of a thing, even just something simple like moving can, you know, it can jar you a little bit. Maybe, you know, maybe in the eye, I mean, in the eyes of some people or even in my own head, it's, well, you shouldn't get that disturbed by those things. But Ah, I don't know. Here I am, as I am, you know, whatever. And we got to deal with who we are as we are. But anyways, um, I was watching this new show called Reverie. And it's a show where they enter this, there's this company that makes this technology that allows people to enter into their wildest dreams. It creates a virtual reality experience in which they literally in their mind it's hooked up to basically it somehow connects to their central nervous system and it takes those based on all their social media posts pictures videos everything and it and it helps create this world based on those memories that they can enter into any time problem is some people got so addicted to it that they're they've gone into a coma or they've gone into comas that are worsening with every day and this this girl, lady named Mara, she's a college professor, um, master of psych in, uh, at Stanford, um, counterterrorism training, worked for the FBI. Um, and basically they, the, her old police chief who now works for that company is trying to get her to help. So he hires her and asks for her help, but she's kind of marred by her own tragedies, uh, in the past, um, which the show will talk about, but it has to do with, something had happened because she was a hostage negotiator and uh something that happened that went very awry but not very typical not in the way you're probably thinking it, it just it went in a direction where you're like oh gosh um anyways and uh they want her to go into this reality with people they just released the 2.0 version in the, in the show in the first episode and basically it allows two people to enter into the same dream and so she goes into this after some basic training with it and to make a long story short she um she tries to help this guy who's really whose wife has recently died and he's gone into a coma and he won't leave it for some reason and he's got a daughter and a brother who are like there at the hospital with him but he doesn't even know it and it just re like basically they can no longer tell reality uh from from their dreams basically but uh that's not the point um as i was um as I was watching this, she when she finally helps this guy, this might be a spoiler, but so I'll try to keep it general. 
But when she talks to this guy and you find out what he's grieving over, his tragedy, his why he feels like he has to be in there, if he could somehow atone for him trying to do the best he could, but he made a mistake and something bad happened and he's trying to like live into a world where that doesn't happen, where that didn't happen, where things are fine, but he doesn't even know that he's lost touch with reality. He has no clue. And basically what she does is she finds a way to level with him and show her show him well like so she explains he's like who are you what are you doing here because he's already kicked her out of his own dream essentially because he's got that kind of power in the of his domain and finally after she gathers more information and does a little searching finds out what she needs to do or, or gets the clues she needs to figure out what she can do to make the connection point because she sees things in his dream that um that are uh tell signs like there's this butterfly in the dream that for some reason, whenever he sees it, like, like a tenseness comes up in the dream and the dream starts, like it starts tearing apart. The coding just starts to break down and things start to get negative And it's like, it's sparking something. And she finally finds out what it is, which I won't tell you, but you should watch it. It's on Hulu. And, um, and she's able to talk to him and get him to listen to her and explain she's from the company and, um, they sent her in to talk to him and, and he tells her what happened. And kind of thinking that, like, maybe she wouldn't understand. You wouldn't You wouldn't get it. She's like, you think you're the only one who's lost somebody in their life? You know, like, um, talk, going back to what she went through. And um, so finally, after all that, like, um, there's resolution. Um, trying not to give anything away, but... And she kind of comes to the fact that she has to come to grips, finally, somehow, with what happened in her own life. And so you see her at home, she's, she's leveling with him, and she's, they're both, like, teared up, and she's talking to him, and she's saying, like, like, explaining what, not in detail, but explaining that she had a similar thing happen. And she said, I drank too much, I tried to make the feeling go away, not feel it anymore. And she's like, and it worked for a while. And uh, she goes on a little. And he's like, what made you come back? And I'll leave it there so that you can take a look at it. But after this all resolves, she's back at her apartment. And just, you, you know, the, the apartment where she took, you know, was taking the medication that was just kind of numbing things the the alcohol bottles are everywhere um things are a mess um just the home of a person in pain and after this this resolution with this guy she you see her going home after things are resolved after um after everything's fine just leave it like that um and uh you see her cleaning up the bottles you see her throwing away the medication because she realizes numbing things is not going to help her. And uh, furthermore, she's picking things up. She's putting them away because she's got to get past it. She's got to move on. And um, I'll leave the episode there. But um, as I was thinking about that, it's like I think of my own life and I think of some of the things that I think I ought to be. And I know that's something that comes up in my conversations with people quite a lot, things that I think I ought to be. But I think we all have that. I think we all, there, there's something in our head we're trying to live up to that we think we have to fit in. Um, 
sometimes good and sometimes bad and sometimes just unnecessary. But I think of what I ought to be sometimes, of where I should be in life right now and all those things. And some of that probably good, some of that probably bad. But what I realize is, yeah, like sometimes, sometimes we do have to come to that point where we get sick enough or we finally see our own need to move past things and clean up the bottles, tidy up the living room, throw out the things that are numbing us that, that we just, we can no longer have, close the laptop, all those things. And we have that, but I, I began to think of some of my own temptations, some of the things that, that plague me, that I, that I don't like, that I struggle with. Whatever it may be for you too, there's something. But and without going into detail on this, because I mean, even though I'm very open, it's it's still personal. Um, but I I thought of this thing, and and I thought, why do I always try to escape into this? Like like clearly, the reason I go to these types of things, whatever they are, whatever it is, I'm trying to escape reality. I'm trying to. I talked to a pastor friend of mine, and I and I was talking to him, and he's like. A lot of times people go to these types of things because they're trying to get away from reality. They're trying to disassociate. They're trying to get away. Um, and, and, and he mentioned, you know, and you got to find out like what, what is so bad about life or what's causing you to want or need to disassociate from these things. And I, as I thought about it tonight, I thought that thing that I'm thinking of right now, that thing that I struggle with, that is not the problem. The problem is the fact that I can't stand life as it is. There's something, something that is stressing me out. Something is some pressure, something that is causing me to go, I have to get away from this. And so I have to distance myself from reality because I can't handle reality. And as I wrote that down, I was like, oh my gosh. So I could tough it out and try to just pretend that I can gung-ho conquer the world in the name of Jesus and it'll be just wonderful. And it just won't. Because it, there will be no life in it, there'll be no heart, there'll be no soul in it, there'll be no power because I'm con disconnected from the source because I never really looked at the things in my way that needed to be moved. Needed to be removed, needed to be pushed out of the way. The roadblocks had to be removed because we got to move forward. And you can try to move forward, but chances are you're just going to wreck your car. You're going to run right into this thing again and again and again because you have to move it. And you can't get past it by taking... By trying to just get off the road and disassociate from it and you can't get past it by just trying to run it run against it it doesn't work and i so i wrote down on my uh google keep notes tonight um i wrote it's just you can't stand life as it is so make life standable and as i think about that i think what are the like what are the things that are making that are drawing me to something that i don't want to go to and I thought part of it is expectations. Part of it is I, because I'm an overly, um, a bit of a people pleaser because I have the, I struggle with saying no, partly because of, I think some of the circles I ran in growing up, you know, that kind of ultra pious Christian circle where, you know, it, it takes things way out of context and, you know, um, anyways. And so I have trouble saying no, so I tend to take on too many things, but then not commit enough to them, and then I feel guilty that I'm not giving it my all, and that I don't even want to do the freaking things in the first place, because, oh my gosh, like, there's already so much in my head, and then anytime I hear anything that brings on guilt, I'm just like, yeah, I totally agree with that, but I don't want to hear that crap, because now all of a sudden I'm just going to feel guilty even more for what I can't handle, 
and then like the whole time there's just this need to just like stop to just calm down to just stop for a minute i was reading that book boundaries on this subject i've uh, i asked casey to get it for me for my birthday and um and it's wonderful, but one of the things they talk about is these people who who really struggle with saying no. They're people pleasers. There, I can't I can't remember what the chapter exactly says, but basically it said they they haven't learned or they haven't believed that or they haven't been taught to speak up for things that bring about conflict. That that's okay, necessary, and good. Saying things like no, saying I don't like that. That's wrong. That's not okay. I don't like it when you do this. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. Things like that. I struggle with all of those. Like, and so if I do say yes, it's probably half-hearted. And if it's half-hearted, then it's half energy. And if it's half energy and I keep doing it on a wide scale, then suddenly all my energies are, you know, you're running on fumes. Like there is no gas left in the tank. And so you start to wear out. And then if you're me and you're, a, you know, a, what's the word? Like a good to do, well to do lad, then you, you're like, oh gosh, Ryan, why are you the worst? Oh my gosh, dude. Like, like, I mean, look at other people. Look at, look at the mentors in your life. Look at, look at your pastors. Look at your, your teachers. Look at all those world changers out there. Like, like they can do it. Why can't you do it? Like, like. What are you going to do? Why aren't you fixing it? You know what I mean? And it doesn't give a solution. It just condemns something I don't think God does to us. I don't think he condemns us. I think he gives us the solution. But I think the point here is simple. We got to get the boundaries where they ought to be. We got to get the roadblocks out of the way. We got to finally deal with reality and understand maybe where we're at like why is life so understandable like why do we do the things we do and just, don't just stop doing the things that you do that might be wrong like why do you do them like it's a really not lofty and good goal to probably say this is a bad thing i should not be doing this thing that's really good good for you that's the right way to think about it but it's incomplete why do you have to do it in the first place and then when you dig down people will say things like like literally, I, I don't remember who it was, but one of his friend, one of my friends or uh, someone I heard about, I can't remember exactly, but they said they realized their inability to like, like, like feel secure in relationships is they said, they said, I, I didn't get enough time with my father growing up. So it's really easy for me to feel, to not want to trust people, to, to feel rejected, to not, to take anything that even remotely looks wrong. Someone canceled on me because they retired that day or they had to work an unexpected shift or blah, 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 blah. And I take it personally. I take it to mean they didn't want me anyways because I never got to spend time with my dad when he, it was a guy I went to, to celebrate recovery with. That's who it was. And he said, I, I never got to spend the time with my dad that I really craved. He was just like, he was around. He never, you know, he never cheated on my mom. He was home. He worked a job. He took care of us. But like he... Anytime I, like, I'd be working on my car when I was in high school and be like, hey, dad, you want to come out and help me work on this? And he'd be like, I, I can't, I gotta, I gotta read this and then I gotta go in and do that and work on this. And he always told me no. And I never got the affection from my dad that I, that I craved. Right? And like, so you could say, stop being so insecure in relationships or stop shoving people away or stop being so angry about everything that goes wrong in your life. Like, it's all about you. It's like, no, 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 that's not the right way to think about it. The right way to think about it is the fact that like something's pushing me to be this way. And I don't think, 
I'm just going to go for the straight up religion card here, but I don't think God views it that way. I don't think that God wants us to not do things or that the fullness of life that God has for us, if you believe in that, I do, but if you don't, bear with me, that God just simply has, says, I don't want you to do this. Like, that's wrong. I don't want you to do this. How dare you? You know, I think that he gets just angry at us for breaking these rules he made that he could have made differently and he just doesn't get us. But I think it's precisely because he does get us. I think it's precisely because he knows what ails us, but he doesn't want us to ail anymore. And so it's not about just not doing something, or it's not about just being something different. It's about knowing where we come from in the first place. It's, it's about knowing what we're even doing here. It's about knowing what's keeping us off the path. It's not about just not doing something. And I think tonight as I... As I was thinking about that, I think I really needed that because so often I'm just so performance-based. This is not what it should be. It should be better. There's no why in there. There's no there's no calming voice saying, what's going on? There's no humble admission that maybe I can't do all the things I ought to do or even the things I think I ought to do and they're both conflicting with one another. And maybe there's a correlation. And furthermore... Maybe there's something that I need to do about it. Maybe that needs to change in order for me to actually see some real growth, some real change, some real, wait for it, healing. Because guys, we're all just a bunch of pottery that has a bunch of cracks in it. And some of us have some pretty broken pieces. And just being mad at the fact that there are cracks and there are missing pieces and railing against how it, why it shouldn't be that way we need to know why we're getting those cracks in the first place. Why we're breaking. Why we're, why those things exist at all. And uh, as I kind of cap off this episode, I guess, um, giving nothing but my blood, toil, sweat, and tears, uncouth as they are, we've got to have a way to move forward. I, um, I hope you know you're not alone in this. I'm not. In fact, I, I, I want to work with the people I love because of this and say, I, I need to figure out life. I need, I need help being the kind of person who can handle some of these things and getting rid of the things that I unnecessarily think ought to be there. I should be this. I must be this. I have to do that. And instead, even if I go along with those things, I end up just being embittered and in my heart because I'm doing them half-heartedly because I don't know who I am in that. I, I don't feel my needs met. I don't feel understood. I just feel like there's a code I have to live up to. And so because I have good intentions, I want to I wanna live up to that code. But even while I'm doing it, I'm miserable and I'm bitter because, because no one saw me for me in that. I didn't understand myself or, or God or whoever or, or just my own thoughts about myself. Like there's no mercy there. I just have to live up to this thing. So I become embittered and passive and I don't like what I have to do and I'm doing it begrudgingly and I'm still missing the point. That was never about those things at all. And so there's room to grow there, guys. Um, we can move forward. We just, we've got to get to the root of all these things. Um, perhaps this episode will be cut and edited more precisely. Perhaps it won't, but we'll get there. Um, but I'm excited to move forward with this stuff. I'm excited to just be honest with where I'm at and say no to some things, some good things, and just say, no, I can't do that. Well, why? Don't you care? 
yeah, I care, but I can't do that. And that's just too dang bad if you have a problem with it, you know? Like, ticking off our codependency or whatever. Uh, anyways, so I hope uh, I hope you feel that you're not alone in this. So until then, until we talk again, I suppose, um, I'm with you on this journey. Um, have a good night, guys. It's 11.32 right now. So uh, this came right out of left field. So I hope you guys have a great day. And I hope there's a little bit of hope just to not give up. Because we have to get there. We can get there. It'll just take some time. Thanks, guys.